0: Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com or on iTunes. Now, here's today's message. He's great, amen? Do you believe that today? All right. So let's pray and let's talk for a few moments. Um, I have a few thoughts to share with you. And as always, it is my, my hope that when it's all said and done, we'll end up where we need to be, at the foot of the cross. And what I always love to say, you've heard me say it, and it's not original. I stole it from my old senior pastor. and just made a lot of sense to me that the foot of the cross is level ground. Do you know what that means? That means nobody's higher or lower, don't matter how much money you got Or lack thereof doesn't matter what kind of car you drive or what kind of car or the bus that you're taking doesn't matter when we come when it comes to Jesus and it comes to grace and it comes to salvation it's level ground because we all are in need of a Savior amen so my hope as always is that when we finish we end up there at the cross remembering exactly who we are and where we would be without him But the fact that he has accepted us and loves us, it's the best news. I think they call it good news. (laughs) And so we celebrate that tonight. Um, So let's pray and then we'll jump right in. Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, for this time to be able to worship. We've already been able to sing these songs and hear your word and hear your spirit, feel it move and remember that all we need is you remember that this one thing remains that you are for us and not against us and so now father as we open up the word god you know uh, i am unworthy to speak this message i'm unworthy and i believe lord every single person here is unworthy but by your grace you've made us whole And you've made us clean, and we rejoice in that. And so we come boldly before you this evening as your children, but not only your children, but as your friends. And we pray that you would speak to us and have your own way. We love you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen amen and amen. Um, Typical uh, sermon preparation for me, as I always say, is walking in the woods and uh, reading reading the word, listening to music, trying to just listen is the key word. And so I want to talk to you about a nice family-friendly Bible verse that's going to just make you feel so warm and cozy inside. It's from the book of Mark, and it's a story of Jesus casting out a demon. So I hope that when we hear this, You feel the power of God. You feel his strength and that you're not, you don't go home afraid. Because the funny thing about uh, these kinds of verses is that, you know, you got a whole, there's a whole business dedicated to it, right? And how many scary movies, movies, movies have come out all about exorcisms and all these things. I'm not trying to make light of certain things, but when you really start to read the scriptures, when it comes to Jesus dealing with the devil or dealing with demons, it's not, very exciting you know it's like leave (laughs) but that doesn't i guess that doesn't sell many tickets you know jesus has this extraordinary power to be able to change a dark situation and so where we find ourselves in the book of mark we see jesus dealing with someone so i'm going to read it you can follow along it's in mark chapter 5 starting at verse 1 it says this they went across the lake to the region of the garrisons When Jesus got out the boat, let me not take a phone call, though. When Jesus got out the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs. Where did he live? All right, just make sure you're alive and with me. I don't want you guys living in the tombs. I know it's easy to fall asleep, but wake up. So this man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a what? What? with a chain for he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet no one was strong enough to subdue him not even Kyle Nate Marcus on drums you could not hold this guy back Josiah maybe you could for a few minutes but not enough Says no one was strong enough to subdue him. Can you imagine that? Just, to, just tangent number one, a whole town. There's nobody stronger than this dude. You know what I mean? Nobody can put him down. No one in Silver Spring can stop this guy. And no, probably nobody wants to either. I don't want to mess with nobody living in the tombs. <laughs> so says no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day. Among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. I'm not going to demonstrate that, but have you ever heard someone scream at the top of their voice, at the top of their lungs? It's actually horrifying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It can be a horrifying experience. I remember when my mom was first diagnosed with cancer. We didn't know what was going on. My sisters and I, uh, we were at Washington Adventist Hospital. And you know my mom. For those of you who who don't know, mom has passed on and, um, you know... We just have our faith that this is not the end. But when we first found out that she was sick, we didn't know what was going on. We took her to Washington Adventist, and everything seemed fine. We thought maybe she was just having a panic attack of some kind because she would lose her her, uh, her kind of motor, motor skills and would kind of just lose control. We took her up there, and everything seemed fine until she had a seizure at the hospital right before they were about to let her go. And when that happened, they did another MRI, and they found a small little mass in her brain. Um, and you know, you hear that small little mass—you you don't want you don't want anything there. And I remember being so confused, and so scared, and so shocked. And uh, she was transferred from Washington Adventist Hospital to George Washington in DC. And after a few, what seems like forever, tests came out that she was. Uh, diagnosed with brain cancer and i remember walking out of there my dad decided to stay the night we walked out of there and um my sister jenny was just quiet and just trying to process everything you know just a few moments ago they were going to let her out we were just going to go home and now all of a sudden a brain tumor and they actually told us and I've, i've shared this with you before at the beginning that they didn't think that she would live long at all and um not, not a year, not even a few months they thought it was, it was done. And so, you know, you go from here to here, and I'm walking out with my two sisters, and my middle sister, Jenny, she's just quiet. And then my sister Maria says, you know, you can, you can let it out. And in the middle of D.C., you know, right there, there's this, the station right there. She just screamed at the top of her lungs. She just screamed. It scared me, and, and I remember it. To this day, I remember that sound. And maybe some of you guys know that sound of of mourning, that sound of anger, that sound of, 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 of longing. You don't know, but it says that he shouts at the top of his voice. And keep in mind, nobody is stronger than this man. So you can imagine that his voice is not soft. It's not weak. It's strong. And he gets right in his face. And he says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Doesn't sell a lot of tickets, right? Come out of this man. All right. Nobody was strong enough to bind him, but Jesus says a few words. We'll come back to that. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is what? Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. The story ends with Jesus casting the demons out of this man and they go and leave and um, this man becomes a fully devoted disciple of Jesus and wants to follow him. But Jesus tells him, just stay where you are and tell everybody what God has done for you. It's powerful stuff. A simple word, come out of him in pure spirit. Come out. Come on. Leave him alone. God comes and does the unexpected. Now, there's a few things I want to dig into this. It won't take me very long, so just bear with me, all right? First thing is this. I love the story I love this story here because it says they got in a boat and go to this place. Jesus is going out of his way to go to this place. Do you think by any chance that maybe Jesus knew what was about to happen? I would argue absolutely he does. He knows what's going to happen. And I think it's a sign and something that God wants us to know today that you are on God's radar. Okay? You are not forsaken. You might think that God is busy, he's, uh, he's overwhelmed with all kinds of bigger problems, but you are on God's radar. This man, in the grand scheme of things, Jesus was getting ready to die for the sins of the world, right? Jesus was doing had, had a mission, had a purpose, and what happens? He gets in the boat and they go across the lake and they go to this place. So he can encounter this young man who has been disturbed and who has been troubled. So you, my friends, are on God's radar and you matter to him. It's easy to think that maybe he's forsaken you or maybe he's got other things going on. But no, he has perfect timing and he knows when it's time to come to you and fix things. Okay. Sometimes when you hear that, you think, well, then that means I'm going to be happy, healthy and wealthy. That doesn't always necessarily mean that. In fact, Jesus promised us in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I know what's best for you. I think it's funny that you, 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 you hear the story of this man and you realize that this guy is in deep with his problems. Nobody could hold him. Nobody could bound him anymore. He was too strong. It seemed like nothing was ever going to help this guy. He's living in the tombs. Let that hit you for a moment. And think if there's any area in your life where you are living amongst the tombs. And you just stay in there, you just stuck there. You, You don't think there's ever gonna be a change. And then one day, the Lord of Lords comes across and sets you free. See, He has perfect timing, He knows when it's time. To fix things he's he knows when it's time to change things around and so many times you ask for God to do something and it feels like he's distant and that he's not even answering your prayer he's not responding but he knows and I would say this sometimes God is waiting for the time of greatest impact to step in he's waiting for the right time where it's just gonna hit you in a way whoa I don't know there's a story, I'll just paraphrase it. It's from the book of Daniel, and uh, Daniel chapter 3. And it's the story of Nebuchadnezzar. He's furious about these three faithful men of God Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these guys, all they're trying to do is be faithful to Jesus, to be faithful to God. And, and here they are in this place, and, they, and Nebuchadnezzar decides, I'm going to burn them up. And he wants to make it so hot. He says, He gets the oven seven times hotter than it's ever been. It's so hot. That the, the guards who take them to this furnace to be burned, they die. And I'm just thinking, if you're Shadrach and you're sitting there, you could say, God, anytime. Anytime you want to step in, that's cool. Uh, they're pumping up the, f- the, the furnace a little bit more. Maybe you could just, like, make it rain really bad, that it makes the roof fall down. You could do something. You know? But they're faithful at whatever, whatever God decides he's going to do. But I'm just, you can imagine, they pump it up seven times hotter. The king is furious at them. It seems like everyone has forsaken them. What? Why? Why isn't God just cutting this off? You can imagine them taking that walk to the furnace. They're being taken by the guard, And then the guards die right next to them because it's too hot. Oh, well, Lord, I guess I'll see you soon. You know, that kind of thing. And then they go into the fire. How many of you have actually been burned, like bad it is not comfortable at all and here they are in this furnace that's been pumped up seven times I mean this thing is hot it is hot and when they're there in the mix what happens God steps in literally he steps in and the king is amazed he says didn't I not put three people in there why is there a fourth person in there Because sometimes God waits for the moment of greatest impact to step in and turn things around. He could have easily helped this demon-possessed man earlier to the point where he was never chained up. He could have done that. But sometimes he knows that when I set this guy free, not only is it going to bless him, but it's going to bless his whole community. And I want that to have the greatest impact impact possible so i say all that to say this some of you feel that god has forsaken you and some of you feel that god is not going to answer your call and some of you feel that things are going to be like this forever but i would encourage you this evening god just might be waiting for a better time to step in and it's not ready yet he's not going to let you down you can trust that amen you believe that all right, so gives the person next to you a high five to make sure that you're with me. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. Then it says this, second point. It says this man was bound by chains. This is something important to hear. So listen to me. And uh, I, you know, normally I would say at this point, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. And I mean that. But there's a problem with this guy. We don't know his whole story. We just know that somehow he got to a point where he was destroyed by this darkness in his life. I don't think it happened overnight. I don't think it was one bad decision or I don't think that he just, you know, oh, well, I feel like being possessed today. No. I think this man who was bound by chains, put his life into the wrong hands. And day by day by day, it got worse and worse and worse. I heard a motivational speaker talking one time, and he was talking about the problem of natural disasters, earthquakes, hurricanes, typhoons, tsunamis, everything that you could think of. And he said all these things, and he put all these numbers up of the devastation that it's caused to communities, to cities, to families, to countries. And then he says, but when you look at things in the grand scheme of time, do you realize that termites have done more damage than these natural disasters? It's powerful stuff. Point being, it's the little things, guys. It's the little things that you're not even paying attention to that can pick away day by day. And it, sometimes you don't even feel it. You don't realize that there's a little bit of a, a hole being made. And that hole is slowly getting bigger, slowly getting bigger. And the bigger it gets, the more problems can come in. It starts off small. starts off small. But it's just chipping away every single and if you are not surrendering your heart to God and saying, Lord, take care, or oh, God, forgive me. Lord, you know, I believe, help my disbelief. Jesus, I'll just call out to you. I don't know, but I need your blood just to cover me, Father. Then we definitely open ourselves up to the potential of being bound in chains that get so hard that they, they, can't, they can't hold us. The irony about it is this, this guy was chained up and he would break free, but he was still in chains. You know what I mean? So I would challenge you this. I hear this uh, from the book of First Peter. Not to scare you, but to be honest with you. It says this in First Peter uh, chapter five, verse eight through nine. It says, be alert and be of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. I was able to take a trip to South Africa and I was able to go to Kruger Park. Kruger Park is this huge, you know, it's like a country of just open wildlife. And all anybody wanted to do was see a lion. You know, you go on this tour, you see the giraffes, you see this, you see that. But everyone just wants to see the lion. And it was the last night there, and we were driving in this big old truck. The smell of diesel fume all over the place made me I'd get nauseous even just thinking about it. And all we want to do is see a lion. I saw everything else. And you know that last night, here we are on this, on this, on this trip, deep out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, if something would have happened to me there, y'all would have never known. Because it was in the middle of nowhere. And we're, we, we stop for a moment, and our guide says, look, turns the lights off, puts a spot on, and there's this big, huge lion, male lion, the big old mane and everything. And he's laying down, and everyone's like, oh, can't believe it. He looks at us, gets up. We're like, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. And then he goes, <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> We were expecting this big hype to see that he was going to roar at us or do something. But you know what that guy said? He said, don't worry about that lion. He knows what he's doing. I I remember that. He knows what he's doing. Sometimes that lion might be aggressive and ferocious and you, oh man, I got to stay away from that. But sometimes the lion might be like, you want to be friends? You know, you want to hang out with me? And the, and the scripture says that he's like a roaring lion. He's this, he's, he knows what to do. And he knows the weaknesses that we have. And these little termite bites just taken away piece by piece. Till eventually, sometimes we get to a place where we're totally broken. And though we're breaking out of these chains, we're still chained up. But there's no reason to fear. This will bring this home. There's no reason to fear. Because one encounter with Christ, one encounter with Christ was greater than the years and years of help that his community tried to give him. I think it's funny, guys. I'm not trying to knock people. Lord knows I believe in counseling. I firmly believe in counseling. I believe in all of that. I do. I think it's small groups, everything. Good friendships I I stand by it but it's funny because some people they get to a point where they get so deep in their darkness that nobody can help them this guy the only thing that they could do to try to calm him down was put him in more chains and wasn't he in enough there was nothing there was nothing anybody can do I think you know those people probably were just hoping for him to just die and be quiet it says this guy lived amongst the tombs night and day he screamed and cried and cut himself and he was a miserable man and this went on for years he was known for it there's the crazy dude tomb guy whatever his name is and then all of a sudden the savior of the world goes out of his way to say i'm gonna come and see you and i wonder what this guy was thinking you know he's afraid of him he's scared because he knows you know he's got this darkness in him and he comes to jesus i mean so how anticlimactic is that you've been struggling for years and years and years haven't you you've been broken come out come out. just one encounter with christ could change everything And that's what I want to say to you tonight as we leave this place, as we prepare to leave. Some of us are putting our faith in people, and though they may have good intentions, sometimes that's just not enough. It's part of it because it's a process. And some of you are thinking maybe tonight that you're just going to hear this word and things are going to be gone. No, sometimes it is a process. It's a journey. I have many friends um, that were arrested, locked up. If it wasn't for God's grace, I'd probably be one of them. And the funny thing about people who have been in prison is that when they get out, there's a lot of things that have to change. People look at you a little differently. Sometimes it can be hard to get a job. Sometimes it can be hard to do a lot of things. Sometimes it can be overwhelming because they just identify you as the guy who used to be locked up or the girl who used to be locked up, the felon. And that becomes your identity in a way. But there's some people who are able to turn it around despite all the trials and tribulations that they may face. They're able to say, that was who I was, but that's not me anymore. And it starts with the door being unlocked, the bars being pushed to the side, and you coming out. And I think that's what Jesus wants to do for us every day. There is a a jail cell in your heart that God has the key to, and it is so easy for him to open. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be fine right after that, but it starts by walking out of there coming into the light and coming into the freedom of Jesus and understanding that he loves you, he's for you, and he's not against you and that you don't have to be chained up anymore. You don't have to. You can be free. Freedom is waiting and knocking at your door and that there's nothing too hard for them. Nothing too hard. It says in uh, the book of Matthew 8, Verse 8, easy verse to remember. Matthew 8, 8. Centurion says to Jesus, just say the word and I shall be healed. Just say the word. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, to bow your heads. And I'm wondering tonight, it may be just one person. And though... uh, no one wants to be able to relate to this man who lived amongst the tombs and to this man who was broken and covered and darkness and even says that this darkness that was in him was called legion. It was many it was years built up pain. And some of us are carrying around burdens we've had since childhood. Some of us are carrying around fear and brokenness and anxiety. That stems all the way to the time you were five, four, seven. You've been carrying it a long time. And that problem that's been eating you up makes you feel like maybe you are chained up right now. And you have this false kind of freedom, but you know that the only way to really be able to experience the abundant life to just come to the one who's in charge of it all in Jesus Christ. Some of you maybe are waiting for God to step in and you say, God, I don't know, how, when's, it gonna, when's it gonna happen? The furnace is being getting hotter and hotter. When are you gonna step in? You may even feel that he is not gonna step in. And you just need to be reminded today that your life in his hands he says I know the plans I have for you I know the plans I have for your life and they're good plans to give you a future and a hope I have not forsaken you and I never will and maybe today you just need the simple word from Jesus saying live live again if that's anybody, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm going to ask everyone to keep their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Just stand where you are. It's between you and him. It's between you and him. But know that there's freedom knocking at your door today and that Jesus makes special trips for people that he loves. He'll go out of his his plan come and and save this man who was walking amongst the tombs, forsaken by everyone. He he made a special trip just for him. And he'll do the same for you. Oh God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your grace. We pray Father that you would bless those who are standing up right now. who are taking a bold stand and say, Lord, I just want to be free in you. God, fill their hearts now with grace. Let them know that you have beautiful plans for their lives and that it's not too late. Let them know, God, that you are going to step in. Let them know, God, that even the the very breath that they have in their lungs right now comes from you and that they are not forsaken. Some of them need to be reminded, God, that you're just waiting for the right time and you're going to blow their mind with what you're going to do, Jesus. And the enemy would love for them to think, that it's over and done, but it's not. Because you are God, you, Lord. Some, Father, have, like we said, with these small problems, they've been carrying around burdens for so long. God, I pray you just give them peace tonight, set them free. And Father, we ask, lastly, for that simple encounter with you, Lord, tonight, that it could be real. That we could feel that fire once again and know, Lord, know you. So I pray blessings on my brothers and sisters and every family represented here, God. Thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you're going to do, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. And we thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say amen and amen. God bless you guys. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com.